The Bible says what? The Bible says what? The Bible says what? What does this Bible say? What? Say what? Say what? What does the Bible say? The Bible says what? Hey, grace and peace. Welcome to the Bible Says What podcast. My name is Paul DeZay in Columbus, Indiana. And hello, Paul. My name is John Gibson, hailing from Living Up Church in Centerville, Ohio. I'm glad to be here, man. Hey, good to be with you today is our final day of the Lord's Prayer interlude series in between season one and season two. Yeah, it's been really good. I've loved the little the little breath we've taken to kind of engage with you know something outside of these questions. But I honestly am looking forward to getting back to some of these weird, strange questions that fill the Bible. So I'm looking forward to season two. When's that happening, actually? We've kind of been chatting a little bit about when that will drop. We might should tell our faithful listen or maybe we shouldn't tell them and keep them on the hook i don't know how does that normally go <laughs> well so so somebody is going to be on sabbatical in july august right and yes. so uh we'll we'll probably start recording season two in september right I yeah so. and maybe i'll have lots of profound insights and thoughts after having Good. a sabbatical i don't know <laughs> Good. i'm glad you will you, you I'm not making that legal. promise. <laughs> I'm not making that promise at all. I'm hope I'm hopeful that I'll come out of the sabbatical maybe a little more enlightened than I am currently. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. You come back with a suntan, and you'll come back all rested, and yes. you'll be like, "Let's clarify." I keep telling people this at church: like sabbatical does not mean six week vacation. I'm not, and for all you people listening, if your pastor takes a sabbatical, two things: number one, he's not leaving your church. Maybe necessarily. I'm not, I'm not looking for a job. Two, he's not taking an extended vacation. Uh, yeah, so we'll dispel well, on, those myths. On, on my sabbatical, we went to Disney. <laughs> You're not helping me out, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no. We gosh, took some man. vacation and added it to yeah. our sabbatical. So, you know. Yeah, we're doing that too. We're getting away at the front. I'm kind of breaking it up into like these different different uh themes so the front end is like sabbathing physical sabbathing so yeah it'll be good i'm looking forward to it we leave on july 20th i think or so so it's coming up man yeah exciting exciting Very good. actually it's weird the weird like time continuum here when when you're listening to this listener i will probably be on sabbatical so you're listening to me talk before sabbatical while i'm on sabbatical i feel like i'm in a episode the multiverse of- the multiverse, that's right. <laughs> I'm here, yeah, but I'm not here. We're going to have to call the time variance authority, the TVA <laughs> from Loki. Oh, man. I feel like that's a beautiful segue into the Lord's Prayer. It is. No, it's not yeah, really yeah, at yeah. all. No, no, no. <laughs> but, hey, before we get into the Lord's Prayer, if you have questions uh, about the Bible, and I imagine you do, please send them our way because we'd love for your question to be in season two. And look at uh, you can't see this, but uh, Pastor John has a big stack of questions that he received yes. from his church, and so I, thought I would yeah. read one or two. Would that be? Our, I thought this is interesting. I got this one this Sunday. I actually haven't gotten the crop, the whole crop, from this past Sunday. But why grape juice? Jesus turned water to wine. He shared wine at the Last Supper. Not the same. That was like a drop the mic question. Like just wrote not the same. Period. Yeah, I want to <laughs> see you answer that one. Yeah, uh, struggle with why God allowed Job to suffer so much to make a point. I'm actually preaching on that one this coming Sunday. So, uh, 
where did Cain and Seth get their wives? This person apparently isn't a listener of the Bible says what, otherwise they would know the answer to this question. Right, right. <laughs> That's yes. true. We answered that in season one. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, um, oh, here's one. Is The Chosen a safe show to be watching, or is it conveying non-biblical themes from the devil? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I know it's there's there is some really interesting ones. I like that show, by the way. I really oh like gosh. that show. I love it. It's blowing. It's it's so good. It just you know what it does. It makes me feel connected to um, the reality of Jesus. If that that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It move for me. It moves it from uh, this idea or this thought to physical. He's right in my living room, kind of thing. You know and. I long for moments like that, but I love it too. So good. Yeah. The season finale of season two is coming up this Sunday, which we're in, uh, what are we, July right now. So this will be a long past when you listen to it, but yeah, we, we love the show. It's one of our favorite things to do, uh, at home with our family is to watch it. So I I don't think I have watched an episode without crying yet. Yeah, me too. Man, it's good stuff. It's like when he when he calls Mary's name in that what is that first episode? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that I, I watched it like for a third time, and I still every time I just get chills when he says her name and she turns around, you know, and like it just makes me feel connected to one God. You know, Jesus said my name. That's a pretty mm-hmm. powerful thing. So anyway, well, I guess we should talk about the Lord's Prayer, Dick. I guess this. All is, right, I feel like it's good to have a little you know, weird conversation on the fine, the finale episode of this, whatever the heck we're doing. So, yeah. So today uh, we are going to be talking about lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So this will be the final episode of this Lord's prayer interlude. So let's kind of break this down into two parts. Uh, Let's talk about the lead us not into temptation. And then we'll attack the uh, deliver us from evil. So, What's your take on this uh, lead us not into temptation phrase? Well, my first question is, does God lead me into temptation if I have to pray for him not to lead me into temptation? <laughs> like, is that the God I serve? I'm walking around life and he's like, ooh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give John a little tempting over here and a little tempting over here and just see what he does, you know? And do I need, and if I don't pray this every day, is God going to like lean in a little harder? <laughs> like, please, dear Lord, don't lead me into temptation. Um I don't know. So that's the first place. I, and I, I wonder, I make the assumption, maybe the wrong assumption, but I make the assumption that most of our listeners, most people pray that prayer, kind of go past it. Um, but every once in a while they go, huh, what the, what did I just say? <laughs> like, right, right. Lord, lead me not into temptation. Um, I don't necessarily, I don't believe that God leads me into temptation. Um, maybe that prayer, you coming at it from an angle of asking God to help you not be in, not to experience temptation. Uh, I, I've learned some other things about this, but I'll, I'll save those for a second. I, I'm curious what you think. Well, for me, I, I think there's a couple different ways to look at it. I mean, I think the first one is uh, don't lead us into a temptation that we can't bear. Don't put us in a situation where we are tempted beyond what we can handle. Um, I think there's another way to look at it is help me get through the testing and the trials and the tribulation. Um, and then I think there might be another way to look at it where Jesus accomplishes what we can't accomplish, like this great testing, this great tribulation. 
because that word temptation also means trial and testing. So I think there's a couple different ways to look at it, and but really none none of them are excellent explanations in my opinion. Yeah, I heard, and I don't know where I heard this from. So that's a I'm making a, a horrible you know error when when you're quoting something, but I it, it made a a mark on me enough uh, to kind of stick with me. I have this image, or then this author brought up this image of. When Jesus was in Gethsemane and he was praying and he told his disciples to pray with me while I go. And he went off and we have this whole scene there where Jesus is sweating. Mean, he's under this intense um, pressure. The tension is mounting. His imminent death is coming. Horrific suffering is happening. And he, he's sweating blood. He's, he's calling out to the Father, Lord, take this cup from me. But not my will, your will be done. And he has this back and forth where he goes back to the disciples and they're... <laughs> They've taken a nap. They're just exhausted, and rightly so. I think that mounting tension, a lot of times in that scene, what we miss is the re- the reality of this great um, battle or this this great tension between good and evil uh, that's culminating in this moment of the cross. And and we have the disciples walking in the footsteps of Jesus here in the midst of this tension. And it's no wonder that they're exhausted. They 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 aren't standing with Jesus in prayer and solidarity. It's something, solidarity is something that they cannot accomplish. Jesus goes back multiple times and, and they're fallen, they've fallen asleep. And the, the author connected that story to this prayer for me in a way that I had never seen before. And you mentioned that, that, that word temptation can also mean testing. And I think along with the second part, and I know we'll jump to that, Lord, lead me not into the great testing but deliver me from evil. And the author connected those two parts together for me in a way that I never thought about before, that to pray, Lord, lead me not to take on the problem of evil in the world as if it were my own to accomplish in my own power. Those, there's this cosmic reality going on where there's evil in the world, and sometimes we get into this idea that somehow within me I have the ability to accomplish overthrowing that in my own life, or in the world. And this prayer is, a, at the end of this Lord's Prayer, is a reminder that I am not capable of encountering and overthrowing the evil in my life and the evil in the world. I need Jesus to do that. It's almost like I'm one of the disciples uh, falling asleep, trying trying to do all the things that need to happen, and, and I just, just not within my power. And then it comes to follow up with this reminder Lead me not into this great testing, but deliver me, O oh God, from evil, because only you can. Uh, for me, I feel like it's that opened my eyes to something I never thought about with this Lord's Prayer before, that is not just about me personally. And, and really, it connects us to the entirety of this prayer, as you've been talking, Paul, over these episodes. Our faith, you know, uh, um, give us our daily bread. It's the communal connection. Why wouldn't it end with a communal reminder that we cannot accomplish um, overcoming evil, but that we need God to enter into our lives personally and communally to do that work uh, with and for us? Yeah, that's good stuff, man. I think of Peter uh, in after Jesus was arrested, which would follow the scene you just talked about where he took the sword and to try to oh, uh, yeah. defeat evil on his own, he was doing trying to do it himself. Yeah. So lead us not into the place where we think we can defeat evil or we think we can defeat the testing or the tribulation that only Jesus can actually win. And I, I, I agree. I think that's one way of looking at it. And T. Wright actually talked about that in his book 
the Lord's Prayer. Um, the Lord, and maybe that's prayer. where I got I think, it. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I, I think I, at least that's where I remember reading it, and I think that's a really good way of looking at it. Um, like I said, there are multiple ways yeah. uh, to view this, and we don't know exactly. I think the Pope actually. Uh, was talking about changing the actual translation to make it easier to understand. I don't remember what his interpretation of it was, but I mean, I think we all crave explanation here, uh, but I think there is a mystery to the element. We know God does not tempt us, but yet we are being tempted at times to take matters into our own hands. So, you know, help me not to rely on myself in the midst of temptation. And, and isn't that true with all scripture? That's a great reminder for our listeners today as well, as we have navigated so many complex and um, troublesome passages in scripture that the Bible, the scriptures are multi-layered. There, there's so much going on from who it's being spoken to, the culture in which they read it, the story behind the text is one of my professors in um, my graduate studies kind of always invited us to. What's going on behind the text? There's so much complexity that it's okay to see and experience different um, angles of the cross. We, we did a vantage point series years and years ago here, uh, combined with you, Pastor Paul, uh, to see the different facets of the cross. And I think that's true of all scripture and of this prayer in particular, um, that when you read it, wherever you're reading it in life, maybe you see a different facet that speaks into a specific um, piece of your life that might mean something different to you in 10 years, you might read it in a different way. And, and that's something to lean into, not something to be afraid of. I think oftentimes when we read scripture, we, we want it to be black and white, like this is the, you know, the meaning, that's it, period, you know, circle it, dot it, highlight it, it's over. And when we do that, I think we miss out on this kind of interactive engagement with this Holy Spirit who's helping us understand scripture for our life currently right now, and also the overarching themes. Yeah, I, I agree. Fantastic. Good, good so, teaching there. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Deliver us, man. Deliver us from evil. So evil. What, what, what's your take on evil? What's my take on evil? Mm, I had a really smart, smart professor, really smart, really smart professor uh, kind of gave me this idea that I never thought about before that evil was the privation of good or evil was the lack of good in the world. A lot of times we think of evil and we put horns on it. You know, it's the devil. Uh, we personify it. We, I think it's easier to lay blame at something that is personified too, but um, obviously evil is such a complex, you know, conversation. You kind of set me up there. What do you think about evil, John? <laughs> what do you think about evil, Paul? What's it talking about here? <laughs> well, so, yeah, I think C.S. Lewis said that uh, evil is the perversion of good, right? So I'm right there with your uh, professor. I think that that's a good way of looking at it. I think that, um, you know, we, we as humans participate in evil more than we'd ever like. I think somebody said it's uh, evil runs right through us, right? There's a line of good and evil that runs through each and every one of us. And so it's very easy to point the finger, finger out and say they are evil and uh, I am not. But the reality of it is, is evil touches all of us, right? But, I mean, there is a some sort of evil uh, force out there. The Bible refers to that evil force as the Satan, uh, the devil, 
And so we is we do know there is some sort of cosmic battle in the background or the foreground of what what of which we can't see. And so we're somehow thrown into the midst of a battle. Uh, but I agree. I don't think it's wise to see devils and demons behind every bush. I think there's a danger there taking it too far. But ultimately, evil is real and it's closer than we like to realize. Yeah, and this prayer connects us with that reality. You know, at the at the very end, we have this reconnection of these greater pictures, the greater themes that are going on all throughout time that um, God created for things to be good. Evil, however we define it, entered the picture and distorted that goodness, and God is now moving us back towards a restoration or redemption of what he originally created us and the world to be. And the, the end of this prayer, I love it because it kind of book notes um, this. It, at the beginning, we're connected with the reality that God is above all. There's forces at work that have started all things. And here at the end, the bookend reminds us that um, he's working to bring completion to that reality. And it's something that only he can do and we need to experience in our own lives. You know, it, It's interesting, Paul, as, as we say this final part, lead us not to temptation or the great testing, and but deliver us from evil. There's always that end part. I always say it as a part of my prayer. For yours is the kingdom, the glory, the power forever and ever. Amen. I haven't really done much research. I'm curious when that got tacked on to the end and where that came from. Maybe you're all-knowing. Uh, mind you don't he's shaking his head no that'll be for another episode but i often pray like i just did a funeral and we said that all together everybody said for yours is the kingdom the glory the power forever and amen you know well we say it every week here at St. hook and I, I i think it's important doxology you know uh add on to the prayer it probably wasn't in the original but uh that doesn't mean that it isn't beneficial to remind ourselves yours is the kingdom the power and the glory forever amen that there's a an act of proclamation, um, confession, uh, that the individual uh, and the community makes to uh, Jesus as being our King, you know, and I think that's important. Uh, so I think it's it. Everyone knows it's been added on, but we all still say it anyway because it's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. I love too the the ending, how it connects me. To the reality that I need and have a deliverer, you know, as I, as I pray that, deliver me from evil, deliver me from the evil inside myself, deliver me from the evil infringing upon my world, deliver me from the overarching evil that is working to distort the goodness of your creation, you know, and God, God's is continually entering our world and all throughout the scriptures he does this he he presents himself as deliverer right as the rescuer and redeemer and what a a beautiful connection maybe as a listener today you just need the reminder uh, that you have a deliverer <laughs> and you find yourself in a situation of brokenness or despair hope i mean all, all kinds of stuff that we face daily um, what a, a beautiful reminder for us if we are praying this daily as jesus invites us to um, to be reminded that I'm in need of and have a deliverer. Man, that's, that's good, just man. good stuff. Yeah. yeah Encouraging stuff. stuff. Absolutely. So we did this little thing on the Lord's Prayer. Did you find it helpful just to kind of go through it again? Yeah. Did I? Oh, you're asking me. Yeah, I thought you were yeah, asking our listeners. <laughs> uh, we, yeah. we, can, we can ask them too. Yeah. I did yeah. too. I think it's, I think it's such a, an important uh, prayer that number one we should pray 
But number two, we should understand what we're praying. And I, I think it's it's part an important part of our spiritual formation. And I said this on one of the first episodes the, of this interlude. The primary purpose of prayer isn't to get God to do what we want him to do. The primary purpose of prayer is to be formed, spiritual formation, to be formed in the image of God. And so when we pray this prayer and we understand what we're praying, God does something inside of us, right? He, he changes us. He forms us. He makes us, remakes us into the people we are created to be. And he does this for the entire church, which is the reason why many churches pray it regularly. And I felt uniquely challenged in my own life as a leader and a pastor um, for Living Hope, the church that I lead, to be engaged more in these uh, rhythms of faith that God invites us into. So um, if anything, uh, it'll <laughs> it stirred my heart to connect more deeply with that as something that you know you do as it's habit forming you know not only does it 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 just forms habits in our lives that are uh, of god and uh, we in order to form habits you have to do something uh, in repetition right (laughs) and that's been my my greatest challenge i hope it's been for you paul too and for our listeners thank you for the reminder paul of that as we've engaged with this little interlude i appreciate that so yeah here's a challenge that maybe uh you know, we all could take coming out of this Lord's Prayer, or maybe it's a challenge that uh, just that I, I take up. I don't know. But, you know, the disciples uh, prayed the Lord's Prayer three times a day. You know, they prayed it morning, noon, night. Uh, you know, can we do that? Can we adapt that habit into our lives and, and do what the, the students of Jesus, when they asked him to uh, teach them how to pray, can we follow in their footsteps and being taught how to pray and then to pray it uh, three times a day. Just a little challenge to leave out there hanging. Yeah, great challenge to pray the Lord's Prayer three times a day. Man, um, it's a beautiful invitation of God. And uh, we hope, we, actually, I would love to hear from some of our listeners. We'd love to hear maybe how, maybe this has challenged you. You never prayed the Lord's Prayer before and you think, man, I'm going to take that challenge up. We would love to hear your story. Uh, share with us how God met with you uh, during those times. I would love uh, love to have some engagement with that. You know, something else I was thinking about, Paul, maybe we could throw this out as a little um, bone to our listeners. Um, in coming seasons, I've uh, recently been on, on some podcasts where they offer some, uh, I don't know what they call it, just some like extra bonus uh, content. And I think it'd be cool at some point, maybe in season two or at the end of season two, uh, we could do a little Facebook Live um kind of session with some of our uh, new, now we're almost up, I think we're past 2,000 listeners now, actually, or listens now. I don't know how many listeners that equates to, but if that'd be something you'd be interested in, we'd love to maybe do a, a little live session with Pastor Paul and I. You're you're getting things mowed. It's <laughs> all good, man. Hearing your mower go by the window. Yeah, so I, 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 That's a surprise to Paul. I didn't actually tell him that before, but I think it'd be really cool sometime to, to do a little Facebook Live session with some listeners and have some conversation about some of the Bible says what stuff. Yeah, sounds great, man. Cool. Well, there's that. Yeah, and that mower is super loud. But anyway, it is. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. Hey, it's right real life, baby. My, that's right. It's right outside my window. So That's right. So, real hey. Life you, stuff. That's right. So, hey, we're wrapping up the interlude. Uh, Hey, this has been another amazing, fantastic, terrific episode of the Bible Says What podcast. And, uh, yeah. it's We don't have a next episode to even talk about. No, we don't. Season two. Season two, right. This fall 2021. So, 
Invite your friends, complete strangers at Kroger, to listen to season two. Actually, you know what you could do during this little break, listener, is to go back and start from the beginning and listen to all the new ones again. Maybe we'll take the opportunity to shoot some of that stuff out and reconnect everybody with uh, the first season of The Bible Says What, but you could go listen to old episodes. It sounds like a plan, man. Well, hey, John, you have a great uh, sabbatical, and uh, hopefully it's fruitful and restful and uh, just uh, engaging in the way that you need it to be. I'm looking forward to it, and you have a good vacation. You leave like in two days now. Right? Yeah, super excited. Yeah, and Sabbath well, my friend. Yeah. Hey, thanks, man. Hey, and all the listeners out there, you enjoy your vacation from us, and uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see you uh, this fall. Uh, on the Bible Says What podcast. I'm Paul DeZay. And I'm John Gibson. Grace and peace, everyone. Take care. The Bible Says What? The Bible Says What? The Bible Says What? What does this Bible say? What? It says Say what? Say what? What does the Bible say?